You're listening to DraftKings Network. Look at this. Alexis isn't here. We've upgraded. I even changed the little the little name panel uh, under <laughs> under him. I mean, the amount of effort and work that goes into this production is really incredible. I really have to pat myself on the back today. I think you should. I think you absolutely <laughs> should. I do like that with Alexis not here, you just get to do all the things you want to do, including, I'm assuming, talking to somebody who isn't going to scream at you about pizza for like an hour and a half. <laughs> Correct. Uh, what's good, everybody? <laughs> Welcome uh, to the Cooligans live right here on YouTube. Thank you for joining us. We already got a bunch of people in the chat hanging out. Paolo Nelson just said, Taylor is way overdressed for this. <laughs> <laughs> I Man, I... I could put the blazer on and really make it like the full look. I thought, is that not what I'm, that's, I thought this was men in blazers. That's I usually I what up. we do. <laughs> we have a, a nice little patch on our blazer. It's, uh, you know, it's, we thought it was our thing. I didn't, I didn't even yeah. realize it was already, uh, guys doing that. Yeah. Uh. I got to say, I'm really excited for your wedding for so many reasons. Also slightly terrified because I feel like I'm going to be judged on how I dance and how I dance is poorly. Uh, but I am really excited to see Alexis Guerrero's in a suit. I, like, I'm wondering if he's going to find a way to wear like a suit tracksuit combination. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to have dress requirements, but well, I'm into The it. word suit is already in tracksuit, so I guess it's somewhat formal, <laughs> right? <laughs> there you go. That's it. That's it. <laughs> uh, what's good, everybody? So uh, thank you for uh, joining us. We uh, are here uh yes i have my guest co-host taylor rockwell of total soccer show joining us alexis is uh was here yesterday he is currently in london he is the it's the beginning of his um i guess vacation uh he is it's it's both of our birthdays uh this weekend coming up so he is uh in london then he's also going to paris to meet up with his wife who is Meeting him in Paris, and they're going to have a va- a vacation together. Uh, all of this sounds like lies. I'm not. Gonna, all of it sounds like you're making it up. Like he's in London, and, and they're going to Paris. Like I don't know what's actually happening, yes, but I yes. have questions. He has a wife. She's in Canada. I swear. <laughs> she goes to another school. You wouldn't know her. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so uh, today and and next week we'll, we will have uh, a guest co-host while Alexis is you know just not taking this job seriously. Okay. Uh, and we'll, we'll make the most of it. So thank you, Taylor Rockwell, for joining me uh, today on the show. How are you feeling, man? Good, man. Thank you for having me. It's nice to be here. I'm sorry I, I jumped in before you introduced me like five different times, but that felt like the right vibe. Do that not like we're going apologize. There's no, there's no decorum here. There's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> there are no rules, all right? Uh, uh, Pepes the Don just said, does Taylor like bananas on pizza? I don't even know where this is coming from, but we got to <laughs> I, I guess we have to address it. I do not. I do not. I also, I'm not crazy about anchovies. That's the thing my wife has been into of late. Have you done anchovies on pizza, Chris? What, what look, like a, a, a Ninja Turtle? Get out of here. I'm not doing <laughs> Was that their go-to? That was anchovies. Their go-to that was their thing, which is still, as a child, it really made no sense. Just because I didn't even know anchovies were, like, readily available anywhere. Is that a thing? I don't, I don't think I've ever seen an anchovy. <laughs> Let me yeah, know. Yeah. I, I think you can keep it that way. I feel like that's okay. I have Scandinavian family who eat them and bring them when they v- vacation and then leave them. And then they sit there until that Scandinavian family comes back to visit again. Because okay. no one eats. No one needs pickled <laughs> salted fish. It's not a good thing. I agree. I agree. Uh, already, uh, so Paolo Nelson, he says, hey, Christian, I forgot to mention yesterday that I tried Smart Sweets 
Uh, oh, hey, we got, uh, thank you, Colin Bunce, for becoming a member here on YouTube. Much appreciated. Uh, I love Bunce. Remember um, from Fantastic Mr. Fox? Uh, Fox uh, uh, what's it? Bunce and Bean? Something Bunce and Bean. Remember the three guys that ran the, all the different farms? Did you see that? Fantastic Mr. Fox? What? No, I did not. Sorry. <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm going to lie. I got distracted by the chat and all the many questions. No, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm it's like, a great name. Great name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, thank you, Colin Bunce uh, and Bean. Um, because uh, Chris, I forgot to mention yesterday that I tried Smart Sweet Swedish Fish, and they were good. Not as good as the real ones, but I'd eat again. Have you ever had yeah, Smart I Sweets? Have. They are they're they solid. They're very good. They're low-sugar, healthy uh, Swedish fish. And everybody makes fun of me for having healthy options to, to you know, bad, quote unquote, bad food. Uh, and thank you, you need, Paolo you Nelson, for the, for the support, for the show, for being an ally to healthy yeah. candy. Yeah, no, I mean, healthy candy is good. The nonsense that you sometimes eat is definitely <laughs> bad food. I remember, like, the weird flavor square packet things that you were going with when we were on tour. I, I, no, I'm good. I'm good on that. The flavor square? What, what, what I was that? Remember. I don't know. You had something that was, like, just pure, like, I don't know. It was, like, a protein bar or something that had no flavor. I don't know. It was, like, a gel capsule. You're from the future. You don't right, need right, nutrition. Right. I don't know, just, yeah. just some healthy MREs. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> uh, my goodness. All right, everybody. So, uh, yes, thanks uh, for hanging out. Uh, this is, uh, it is Tuesday. Uh, so, this is where we focus on american soccer we, our, our taylor does not know this but our show has you know how we have we say shouts to us right you see it right here on the yes. on the scarf uh our our fans have coined this show as shouts to us so that ah, is that is what's right going on today is where we focus on american uh soccer and i'm glad we have uh an expert here with us uh and we have to start today when are they coming <laughs> we have to start with um with what's in the title uh with what is in uh you seen that you see the thumbnail but gareth bale the, <laughs> the the rumor is that he wanted he wants to take his golf talent to dc <laughs> and play uh and play in major league soccer but we have to discuss this. I, I don't really know. It, it's, it's definitely it's a rumor, but, you know, Wayne Rooney coming to MLS uh, was a rumor at one point. Uh, how, how likely does this feel? And you, you are obviously in the you're, – you're, close, you're closer to D.C. than I am. And I, you're mm -hmm. more familiar with D.C. <laughs> than I am. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> but what – D.C. What uh, – how, how – you know, from 1 to 10, how likely does this uh, feel like it's actually going to happen? I think you're correct with like the, you know, rumors can always be rumors, but sometimes they can be real. So I'm not going to say zero, but I'm going to put it on the lower side. I definitely uh, agree with and enjoyed the tweet from Kim McCauley about this one. I think it got her blocked by Stephen Goff. Uh, that like this feels like it might just be a little bit of a screen because it also coincides with DC firing and on Losada. Yeah. And I did kind of feel like that maybe was a linked thing of like, yeah, we fired a manager that was going to be the future of the team, but we might get Gareth Bale. Like, focus on that, please. And J just jiggling, United just jiggling keys. Like, hey, you yeah. don't need to worry about <laughs> the man. Look at the shiny thing. He's got a man bun. Please don't focus on everything else we're doing. Don't look yeah, under the man bun. You don't want to see what's under there. <laughs> <laughs> you really don't. You really don't. But like, I am a DC United fan. I'm a Manchester United fan. Like, they've got United in the title. They've got same color schemes. It feels like they're both stealing from the same playbook of 
things are going drastically wrong. Let's just link ourselves with some player that we're definitely not going to sign or won't be able to pull off in the end, but everybody will get excited and forget about all the other things we're doing that maybe are less exciting. And so I think Gareth Bale would be awesome in MLS. I think it would be really fun to see him enjoying playing soccer and not getting booed all the time. And I do think he still has the profile that people <laughs> well, he doesn't, would he doesn't get, see him. He doesn't get booed, okay? He gets whistled at by okay. <laughs> just yeah. a, a very high-pitched whistle <laughs> that it might, it might be a positive thing. I don't know the culture out in, in Madrid. I don't know what they mean by it, but I'm sure I can, there's no way it can be distracting. Yeah, no, they just they wanted to make sure he could see really well, so they set his car on fire. That's <laughs> the best way to see it at night. We know these things. I just all I think is that the Real Madrid fans are catcalling Gareth Bale because they, they just they love they he got that dump truck. That's all they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> they're whistling at him because they like what he looks like. That's all. <laughs> I mean, I, I think yeah, there's worse reasons to whistle. Why but, not? Let's make that happen. But, but yeah, I think I think it's time for him to move on and I think MLS makes a lot of sense. Uh, I just I don't know if DC is the most logical uh, place to land, and I think especially for a British person, uh, we saw this when Wayne Rooney stepped off the plane and immediately turned bright red. Uh, <laughs> like uh, like DC humidity in the summer, I'm not sure right. that's what he's looking well, is, for. I'd say, is he is he British or Welsh? Right? Technically, what is is British in is Welsh I, I think, or? I think British is the catch-all, as I understand it, and you should definitely call people from the Republic of Ireland British. <laughs> they love it, and don't get at all angry about it. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm coming from, on our show, we've got Ryan, who's an Englishman, and Graham, who's a Scot, and I think both of them are okay with being called British, but maybe Graham is more okay with it through gritted teeth than got anything it. else. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that's, this, that's my understanding, at least. This comment here from Hercules Gomez, where we're seeing it on the screen, he says, oh, uh, get that, saying that Gareth Bale would be the best player in Major league soccer by far and I, I don't know how much to uh debate this because espn fc is very good at at you know they they just putting it out there and they love they love the engagement of <laughs> of, of disingenuous questions <laughs> but it, it's it's difficult to say that given that he is um not He's not really, you know, obviously he doesn't play much at, at Real Madrid. It, it, it is what it is with the situation uh, that he's in. But it, it, doesn't feel, it doesn't feel that way, that he would be the best player by far, because I don't know where his heart is and how much, mm. you know, he seems like he loves playing for Wales and turns it on. Uh, but, you know, D.C. United is not Wales. Uh, and I don't know wh- where wh- what the motivation is for him to to play and, and to play well. Like, how excited would he be? I, I, and I feel this way about mm-hmm. any club that he would go to. I just don't know what the the I don't know if it's the trauma of of what what his career mm-hmm. around Madrid has been like. Uh, is he? Does he have any left to like give? Does he really want to be a, a superstar in any league in the world? I think what I'm hearing you say is lie to him and just tell him that <laughs> Wales plays in Major League Soccer. <laughs> right. Like, right. I, like maybe RSL has kind of similar colors. Like I feel like they both wear the kind of like reddish jersey. Sure. So just maybe tell him that. I, I and like Colorado Wales. I don't know. Maybe there's some similar or not. Colorado, do we have? Uh, do, do we have any similar. Welsh players in MLS? So any other Welshmen? Uh, that's a great question I'm for your many, many Welsh I, listeners. I don't think I so. See, I see where Herc is coming from, though, I think, because 
on the physical side, like I'm assuming he still has a decent amount of pace, Gareth Bale, and he is so, so big and does have that dump truck, as you correctly pointed <laughs> out, that he has the ability to beat people on his own. And he has the ability to run at defenders and make them uncomfortable and play on the break and get a ball in behind and run onto it and score. And I can see an argument for him being like an individual threat and then technically good enough to be a team threat. And so maybe he does give you that sort of dual... I don't want to say threat again, but I'm going to uh, like that dual approach. And so I could see an argument for him being one of the best players. I just think anytime you're appointing somebody that before they've played a game, MLS has yeah. many, many intricacies that we all know about. Well, that make I, it slightly more challenging. And we saw like the comments from uh, Gonzalo Higuain about, you know, thinking he was just going to come here <laughs> and have, play with a cigar in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. It's like, I thought I could eat ham while playing. Who knew that wasn't allowed? And and look at, you know, as soon as he, uh, you know, he has a, a bit of an injury and, and misses, uh, he, he hasn't, st- I think st- he hasn't started in four games for Inter Miami and they win four in a row. Wow. Interesting how that works. Out. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, that's why like the, the the comments from uh, Fabian Herbers, uh, you know, when he said like uh, "f that guy" uh, about <laughs> about Gonzalo Higuain, uh, it it feels like you know not only do you have to be a decent player, but you have to like come in with a little bit of like uh, humility when you yeah. play in MLS. So you have to you have to accept that maybe the the guys that are uh, passing you the ball are not gonna ping. Uh, 80 yard diagonals at you and <laughs> that, that'll land right at your feet. Um, yep. so, so if a player doesn't come in with that mentality, which I think Wayne Rooney did, I think he truly came in with like, I, un- I understand what I'm getting myself into. I understand the talent of some of the other players. You, you heard all the stories about um, him paying for like every meal for, for a lot of the players, the kindness he showed uh, uh, to all his teammates. That's the kind of guys that we need if they're going to succeed in MLS. Yeah, I agree. And I've always wondered if maybe Wayne Rooney got a little bit of guidance from David Beckham. Because that was a thing that like Beckham, when he first came in, I think, was kind of throwing that money around a little bit to try to make people feel like he wasn't such a prima donna. But at the same time, he got such special treatment. I do wonder if there was a little bit of insight provided by Beckham as to how to conduct yourself. That said, Rooney, I think, still got drunk at Dullis. So that felt appropriately (laughs) American, too. There's a a balance. (laughs) (laughs) You got to find it. Right, exactly. The other thing I do wonder, though, to, to to your point is, Like, we know, I think, South American clubs and especially young South American players and agents are starting to see MLS as a, or already see MLS as a very good launching pad or potential launch pad for another move. You kind of get established and then you can move on. And obviously, academies, FC Dallas, chief amongst them, have shown that young talent is coming through. But I wonder if on the opposite side, there is still an idea in most European media that MLS is just backwards. And I think it's it's harder to watch just from a, a time constraint standpoint, if you're going to stay up till 2 a.m. to watch, you can. But I think there's so many other things going on when you've got soccer going that I don't think you get as much coverage or as much interest. And so I think some of those perceptions of it being, if not wholly a retirement league at this point, but as a, yeah, you go in, you're an international player, you're going to be fine. You don't have to work that hard. The level's not there. Maybe some of that is still true. But as you said with Iguain, I think he had this idea of he's going to go to Miami, which again, heat, humidity, right. think about these things, people. <laughs> but like, it's, it's just, it's not where it used to be. And I think players that come in expecting it to be this sort of cake league that you can just have your say and play whenever you want to, it doesn't really work that way anymore. Right. And I think people 
kind of get get hit with that pretty quickly. Uh, Steven Gerrard would be one of those players <laughs> in my mind. Right, right. Uh, there's a, a bunch of people in the chat saying about Welsh players. So there's no current Welsh players in the MLS. Uh, Colo Blanco Racism. mentioned that. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Chris Matassa said, one Welsh player in USL Championship side, Atlanta United 2, and one USL League 2 side, North Carolina Fusion. Okay, so the Welsh... You know, at uh, least, uh, you know, Gareth will have a couple people, uh, you know, countrymen to uh, to connect with. So uh, Dennis Higgins said, I was so wrong about Rooney. You and uh, Sebastian Salazar, remember the, the the rant he went on about how this is a waste of money. He's old, retiring this, retiring that. And then, boom, I mean, R- Wayne Rooney has some of the greatest moments in D.C. United history. Look, we can't uh, deny that. that. That long ball to Lucho Acosta. Bro, that will Amen. live live in in not infamy in just for me. It would just live in <laughs> lives in funny. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, with you. yeah. That, I I think that's I coined just, that. I guess that's just fame. That's just fame. It's no, just no, no, fame. no, no, infamy no. is fame. There we go. <laughs> so, um, okay, so since we're talking about DC United, we we do have yeah. to talk about. Uh, head coach uh, Enan Lozada, who uh, who got removed from his post uh, for I don't know yep. body shaming and bullying. Right. I don't know what you happened. Mean girl, yeah. <laughs> because right. Regina wh- George, because yeah. <laughs> when obviously when he first got there, um, a lot of people were excited. You know, the end of Ben Olsen, not his, not his life, but the end of his tenure at, <laughs> at, <laughs> uh, at DC United. He'd been there for a long wow. time. There seemed to be a lot of yeah. uh, mediocrity when it came to DC United after, you know, a, a club that was pretty much used to winning early <laughs> in early days of MLS. And but and not yeah. Losada, so this is uh, a, a lot of fans were upset. And I think there's a couple of DC United fans uh, in the chat right now. A lot of fans were upset uh, because I think they liked the way he he played, and uh, uh, and and even though uh, DC United weren't winning that much, they had just uh, missed the playoff spot last uh, season. They, I, I think, pretty much it seemed like fans liked him. They liked mm-hmm. the guy, but uh, I don't know if you heard Julian Gressel's podcast, the ZZ Soccer Pod, him and Fabian Herbers, and I've never heard of a, a player be so open and honest about, you know, a coach getting, uh, getting fired um, because he was being really straightforward about how mm-hmm. the, the basically Hernando Sada did, I guess, is it similar to like Bielsa where he, yeah, the he, weigh-ins, the weigh-ins uh, he did hydration checks, uh, uh, you know, b- made sure uh, like body fat percentage. Like he was just really, really meticulous about this stuff. And we've all seen, We've seen this stuff, you know, it happens in, in, in pretty much all sports, but some coaches are a little bit more particular about it. And it can really cause a little bit of psychological damage and on, on top of the physical damage of, of being so uh, specific about these details. But from when you heard about him getting fired to mm-hmm. then the details about why he got fired and why it probably didn't work out and why some players weren't big fans of it, what did you think of this, uh, you know, from before and after uh, of how DC United is uh, handling this and how they're going to go forward? I will answer that question. I have one question for you because I haven't heard that podcast. Was was Julian Gressel speaking candidly in a negative way or was he just no. talking about the things? that Positively. He's, basically, he okay. said that, that Hernan Losada changed his life and the way he, he 
thought about fitness and, yeah, he, okay. and he lost mm-hmm. weight and he was feeling better. But he admitted that other players on the team didn't really buy in completely. They weren't really fans of it. They felt like it was too much and, and it led to some injuries uh, as well. So uh, not everybody was on board. Mm. Yeah, you told me not to curse too early. Can I curse? Now? You can curse. <laughs> yeah, I think it's bullshit. I think it's bullshit. Like, what, I think which part is bullshit? That they fired him. Okay. Like, I, I think you knew you knew what he was when he came in. He's a Bielsa disciple. Like the Leeds All or Nothing documentary shows this exact thing. He does like you can see Luke Ayling be like, "Oh my God, I know I'm overweight. Like this is going to be bad." Yeah. Like it is a thing that is terrifying, I think, for players, but it's terrifying because those are the players that didn't do what they were supposed to do. And I think with the length of the MLS offseason, there are things that coaches do to try to make sure their players are going to take it seriously and stay in shape. And especially a person who's coming from that Bielsa school, they want complete control and they want all of the details gone over and they want the players to have that same level of focus and dedication. And I mean, I personally would hate that. I, I think I would be the worst like type of player because i would just like let's just let me be me just let me be me a very mediocre footballer who will not mean i can't have two cheeseburgers in the locker room what are you a cop what i look like come on now like i'll I'll take bacon off one that's my compromise um but so like i think dc knew exactly who they were getting and i had concerns about him coming in because it wasn't to my memory it wasn't like they were like getting a guy who had been winning everything and they managed to snake him away. Like, I think he had been fired by his former club for similar reasons or parted ways for similar reasons about his intensity. And so to me, that's like appointing Bielsa and then firing him when it's like, this guy's kind of intense. It's like, yeah, no shit. Like, that's why you buy him. That's why you get him. You had, you had intensity right on the top of the resume. I'm not. (laughs) His resume is in all caps and 40 point font. What did you expect from this guy? And so like, I, and then DC, it's not like they're spending money. It's not like they're buying the DPs that he needs to be the team that he wants. They're buying players who are good. Like, I like Brad Smith. I think he's a really good soccer player. I think he was really important, almost underrated for Seattle for a couple of seasons there. But is he going to be the difference maker? Is he going to be the player who makes that squad like reach that next level? At the same time as you're losing somebody like Kevin Paredes, who's such an important player for them and a potentially important player down the road. It just it seems like D.C. didn't really back him, didn't really help him and then used excuses that I think they knew could resonate on social media of like, wow, what a lunatic. I can't believe he made these guys weigh in and how abusive and how and and I agree with what Pablo said, that it can have Pablo Mar, that it can have effect and it can have psychological impact and it should be something we talk about but we should talk about that across all sport because i think it's a thing that happens across all sport is body shaming and and berating players when they don't have a good performance and attacking them on social media i think that's a thing that exists in a lot of different realms and should be considered but to use it as a way to say like ah there was a lot going on that people didn't know about that feels disingenuous at best in my yeah, mind yeah it, it really it did feel like yeah when you hear about uh, these details it, uh the the front office and and Losada, yeah, it probably they probably didn't get along, and there were probably a lot of complaints, uh, and it was difficult. I the a nice co brew uh, who's a DC United fan said uh, we needed a culture change. He was it, and we didn't have the guts to stick with it. Uh, so that that's an interesting uh, thing. And, and you mentioned Pablo Mara. I have the tweet up right now, and I wanted to read this uh, middle tweet here. It says the idea 
that many athletes might develop eating disorders, lifelong issues with body image, etc., is not just unrealistic. I- I'm sorry. I know some of you will laugh at this, but it's true. People will be particularly dismissive of this uh, point when it comes to male athletes. Because it, it and uh, end quote there, right? And it makes me think about the um, uh, who was it? Um, Lindsey Horan when she played in yeah, uh, yeah, for the sure. rain. Uh, not the rain, uh, Olympic Lyon, and mm-hmm. she had the the coach that uh, was yeah. critical of her of her weight and and her body in, in general. And it, it is like a a difficult subject to tackle because obviously the the mental health of of athletes is also uh, you know crucial and and important. You want, you don't want to destroy a player uh, psychologically. So when you bring in a coach that has these you know this philosophy. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, you take that risk of of it, it, could it be pushing pushing players too hard? And I and especially with Bielsa, I, I think it's the reason why he, you, you know, I think it works for as long as it works, yeah. and then when it stops working, it looks like like a, a clueless manager because yeah. Leeds had so many injuries. Uh, Calvin Phillips out for so long. Uh, uh, key players missing led to them being in this kind of like relegation battle now and but when he first got there he's beloved everybody's into it the play every the uh, alexis and i have this conversation all the time where you you bring in you know uh, uh, manager shifts every time you change a manager you you're changing the culture of of the the of the team right where you're like you you, you need like the authoritarian for a little while and then Players get frustrated. Now they need, you know, the substitute teacher that's really cool with you throwing paper planes in the class. Mm-hmm. And then when the when there's too many paper planes, now nobody's productive. And now you got to go back to the authoritarian. So that's kind of – Yeah. <laughs> it's, dude, that's – I mean that's a great – like like I appreciate yours because I was trying to work out like a complicated food and you and I being roommates analogy, <laughs> which I can still go with if we need to. But I think like ultimately – so much of any relationship is just communication, be that a friendship, be that a marriage, be that a manager in a front office. I think it's about being able to communicate effectively and respond to what the other person is saying. And so if you're bringing in Losada, who you know is going to have these sort of extreme tactics, extreme approaches, you, you have to be able to say up front, you know, there's we're going to want to have some conversations. If the players uh, uh, object to it, then we want to be able to incorporate what they're saying. And then you've got to be able to have that dialogue to make sure that everybody's on the same page. And if he's not, if he says, nope, my way or the highway, then you can make that decision. But it feels to me, I will go with the roommate analogy. If you (laughs) and I were living together, Christian, I think you do eat better than me. I see the way you look. I see the way I look. You you know, you could probably help me lose some pounds. And it would be like if you put me on like, no, we're eating this, we're eating this for breakfast, we're eating this for lunch, we're eating this for dinner. And after like a week of it, I, I having said nothing to you was like, you know what? Screw it. We're done. You're moving out. Like it's, right. it's just a like, no, we could also have a conversation <laughs> about like, but maybe sometimes pizza, maybe sometimes hamburger with bacon. Like right. I, it just doesn't feel like there was much flexibility there. And it feels like he's been scapegoated. And it's, then when it turns out that didn't go well, Gareth Bale's coming, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's interesting because some people I've seen comments about uh, people saying that this is a reflection on the American player. Like the American player is too soft and can't handle this kind of discipline and, and regimen. And this is why nope. we're, we can't, <laughs> we don't develop some of the best players in uh, the world, which I think it's, uh, I think it's, a, I don't think it has anything to do with being American or playing in the United States uh, yeah. or whatever. Uh, it just feels like a, the, 
look, trying to justify why to keep Losada or get rid of him is there's no there's nobody it's not right or wrong. If it didn't work, it didn't work. The thing I didn't yeah. like was DC United, like the way they announced that he was gone wasn't by saying, you know, thank you, Hernan Losada, blah blah blah. They 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 did the um the assistant coach gets promoted and also, Ronaldo is leaving, which is like, all right, bro. Like, I, I get you maybe didn't like him, but you don't need to yeah. disrespect him on the way out. Yeah, I wasn't ready for a managerial <laughs> shell game. Like, which one do you think is the manager? It might not be the one you think Just is Just musical in there. chairs. Yeah, that, was, that, was, that was a little bit strange. That was a little bit strange. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm sure there's other decisions, and I'm sure, as with everything, there's always going to be nuance to it. And maybe there were other things that we don't know about. That's why I ask if Gressel was talking negatively about it. Because if players all like uniformly did not like it, then I think it means that he wasn't willing to change. And that is a problem, but that isn't really what we've heard. I will say the American thing. I'm going to try to say this and not just have it be my American bias, but you know, grain of salt, I am American and I love the U S men's national team of, of bygone eras and the current one, but of like past years, because they just, they work, man. And that has always been such a hallmark of the U S and everything I have ever heard about young Americans and why, uh, club coaches or club directors scout American talent and bring over youngsters at a very young age is because American players tend to have baked into them this idea of you work for the team, you work as hard as you can, and you do what your coach asks you. I think American sports society pretty much across any sports landscape in the U.S. is about listen to your coach. Your coach is smart. We have however many million movies about how, you know, wonderful coaches <laughs> that inspired a generation. Right, right, I right. think that's baked into American athletes. And so coaches love young Americans who will come over and play whatever position they're asked and work really hard and improve. And it's why like Jordan Morris didn't get the attention after a certain point is because even though he was like 22 at that point, he was older than I think some clubs wanted a player to be to develop. But I still think there's a huge idea of that American identity that I think is is part and parcel of what makes U.S. soccer has made the national team so good. So to then say Americans don't want to work hard, I don't really buy into that one because I think ultimately if you're playing soccer, you're buying into working hard unless you're Gareth Bale, in right. which case you're buying into playing golf. <clears throat> we have we have to work hard. We got no health insurance. We got to right we exactly. Gotta get, <laughs> yeah. That's how they motivate us, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you, you won't get your insulin. Ah uh, ah uh, 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 <laughs> Did you score that? <laughs> Well, then I guess somebody doesn't need their diabetes. Okay, but. you know, it's a, we're, we live in a terrible country, everybody. Man, uh, it's a real big bummer that that's like the dystopian future we're heading towards. Is like, ah, you, you didn't worry. make that save yesterday. So e- Elon, Musk, Elon Musk will fix it all. Don't worry about it. Uh, uh, Chanchalami United, thank you for the correction, said uh, Haran was abused at PSG. She's, and she's currently mm, at uh, Olympic Leon. So, it's yeah. easy to confuse them because PSG did that and then the, the Leon or owner is the creepy one who hits on all the players there all right you know <laughs> just, uh, just par for the course uh for <laughs> when it comes to uh soccer okay uh nick red said what's all this soccer discussion today thought i was watching the cooligans and would hear about flaming lions and newark golf clubs uh so there's a, there's a couple uh callbacks there the the, the i don't know if you saw this clip oh, no. of uh, uh-uh. alexis um uh, about an al- analogy about uh, if if ten billion lions uh, went up against the sun, who would win? It was a really bad. 
it was a, a very bad analogy uh, that he thought made sense, but it uh-huh. was not. I think what was the analogy? I don't remember what point he was trying to make. It was about like basically about two two powerful forces, like you know, uh, uh, two powerful forces kind of coming together. Uh, like but it was unstoppable force, immovable objects. Correct. Sort of thing. It, that's okay. the kind of what he was trying to say. Uh, it was <laughs> really really bad. Um, the uh, Pepe, Pepe Stadon said Argentine <laughs> coaches and their weird coaching methods. Yeah. I don't know if it's all Argentina coaches. I mean, Bielsa, because of that tree, uh, yeah. he's really imparted his, uh, his wisdom to, to lots of uh, other coaches, especially Argentina. Wisdom, Ar- <laughs> lunacy, whatever you want to go with. I mean, because like, there, is, there is totally that argument. I think somebody else in the, in the comments said like he ran the knees off of him. And it's true. Like That is, I think... Jesse Marsh talked about that, about how they were overtrained, that the team was mentally and physically fatigued, and a lot of what he's been doing is is just sort of restoring a sense of camaraderie to the team. And I think a lot of it is based on the tactics of Bielsa, but that is has long been the sort of hallmark of him, is he stays as long as he can before he burns everybody out and everybody gets kind of tired of it. And But I don't think Bielsa can really modify. That doesn't seem like a thing. He's the one who interrupted a player's wedding to give a team talk for 10 minutes. <laughs> Is like, that real? It's, it's never. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. He pulled them all out of a wedding, out of the reception, I believe, to go have a team talk ahead of a game that weekend. Yeah. I did not like, know that. That's, the, yeah, that's my favorite yeah, thing like, ever. Yeah, so, like, that's the intensity he's going to have, and that's the intensity he brings. What I think happens sometimes is disciples, cough, cough, Gabrieline, uh, take it to the even more extreme it's yeah. like this is a great analogy it's like al-qaeda <laughs> and then isis it's like you can't keep going like it's too extreme like like it's they were extreme enough they weren't extreme enough for you like so like I, yeah Inse was probably like you're never allowed to sleep you have to sleep on a treadmill while right right or something. <laughs> uh, and i think you could back it off a little bit but i still think you know what you're getting and he's a legend for a reason even if that reason is because he left lazio after like a day and a half in charge, mm. I think, is how long he was there. Yeah. Okay. Dennis Higgins, <laughs> referring to our, uh, our healthcare comment, he goes, healthcare is for earners. <laughs> just, yes. just a, it's a, just the mafia is running. <laughs> Coffee is for closers. Healthcare <laughs> is for earners. We all know these things. We all know these things. Uh, Joe Jimenez says, total soccer show. That's right. Taylor's here. Yeah, yeah. If, if anybody is new here and does, is not aware of total soccer show, I mean, one of the greatest uh, soccer yeah. podcasts uh, ever, ever oh, created is a staple in especially in the american soccer community so go check out uh total soccer show search for it uh whatever wherever you get your podcast anything uh well, well there's obviously plenty to talk about anything uh you're excited about or or happening on tss that you want to just mention real quick while i prep the next topic um honestly it just that i feel like like on a personal level for people who don't know the show like i started it with daryl who we did the tour with and, and you were you're good friends with i, I should note I, I really think like daryl and i were very good friends we spent a lot of time together he loved christian polanco okay. and uh, don't get me wrong like he loved alexis but i do think like you all had a really good bond and i think you're a person that he like like he just really enjoyed spending time with and so we'd go to those conventions and i wouldn't be surprised to see you two like having conversations about nutrition or life first like spirituality or whatever. And like that, knowing him the way I did, that wasn't a, a thing that he did with, he would always talk to me, but he was always very friendly, but I think he really valued you as a person. So to say that I've taken us down a very serious road to say that, like, I, I think a thing that has been really, really hard is in his passing. He passed away from uh, uh, colorectal cancer into uh, late 2020. 
And so right when we had a kid, so that was uh, my wife and I. So that was interesting. Yeah, not with him. You don't uh, have a kid with him. <laughs> yeah, I felt the need to clarify that one. Like, yeah, Daryl and I wanted to commemorate him. So we, we did the twins procedure. Uh, me, me, him, and Danny DeVito got together. Uh, why did I go short? Why did I have to go Danny DeVito? That's how low my self-esteem is. Anyway. Um, so I think the thing that I'm really excited about is that it, it's a different show. It's never going to be the same show as me sitting in a room for 14 hours a day with my best friend, as I'm sure you can speak to. Like, it's what you have with Alexis. And so I think that the show has sort of the way it's evolved, because I wasn't sure it would be able to. Um, and and it, like I said, it's still a different show. But to have, I think, still the kind of friendship that's grown out of that one, to have Graham and Joe, who've never met in person and live in different countries in very different time zones. Yeah. I, I like that it feels increasingly like me talking about soccer with friends as opposed to people who like are colleagues. And that level of chemistry, it's what's why I love talking to you. It's why like I, I don't you sent me prep and I and I kind of like know the topics we're going to talk about. But we're what, like 40 minutes into this yeah, point, yeah. And we're just sort of talking about whether we got through one or two. Like, so I think that's, it just feels more like sitting and talking with friends about things that I would want to talk with friends about. And well, that's, that's ultimately what I think is. Thank you for, for saying that. Yeah. I don't want, yeah. I don't want to cry in the middle of the show, but yeah, obviously, well, I, do I do it. We all, we all, yeah. uh, we all miss Daryl. And, uh, yeah. it, it, but, but I, I, I do love that the, the, yeah, the, this new iteration of total soccer show is it. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's different without a doubt, but it's, it's still a, a, you know, the, the chemistry is still there. And as you guys have been going on, uh, there's obviously more people involved, but there's, there's a, a real, uh, it's becoming its own, its own identity. Uh, and, and there's a, yeah, you can, you can see the, the, the friendship and chemistry building as, uh, as you go along and, and you guys have all like, uh, grown into, you know, everybody's organically going into their uh, roles, but this is what is like, you know, as far as like how I feel about what my contribution to American soccer is like, you know, I, I look to you and I, I look to you and, and Daryl as as inspirations. But the the the, oh. the chemistry part is the the most challenging part to find and, sure. and to get. And, sure. you know, and, and you, you clearly uh, have that, maintain that and are, and are cultivating that with the, with the new guys on board. Yeah, and, and that honestly, man. First of all, thank you, because uh, it's still it's uh, it genuinely is. Maybe it sounds like like I'm making it up, but I'm not. I feel like I've sworn a bunch, so I'm gonna try back off there. Uh, it's it's not bullshit though. But like it, it when I talk to people about the show, I I'm still sort of surprised that people listen. Like it's still it, like I, I so I appreciate you saying all those nice things, but like it's nice to come on here and be like, oh, like new people who are listening to a podcast. What are y'all up to? Like, I don't know. It's, we don't have a ton of interaction, I guess is what I'm saying. So I appreciate your saying that, but I really love listening to you and Alexis because y'all just so clearly make each other laugh. And regardless of what you're talking about, uh, it, it just like, it's two buddies hanging out, having good conversations. Like the, like missing the first half of, uh, USA, Mexico or Mexico, USA. Right, right. <laughs> like I dude, I was thinking about how, bad of moods daryl and i would have been in and how just furious we both would have been and i'm sure y'all weren't thrilled but yeah. like that's part of the story and yeah. that's what you all end up talking about and that makes it memorable it be- i think that's just it's what makes y'all wonderful. you know what it made it a little bit better that christian pulisic missed that amazing chance <laughs> right that. right in front of the goal it made it a little- <laughs> shouts to christian pulisic for not ruining our trip completely <laughs> 
I'm missing that great opportunity that would have been historic for U.S. soccer. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would, I, I think that does sort of, if that had happened, though, it's the second chapter in the book of, like, things Alexis missed while indisposed while he was supposed to be at games. Because there's the bathroom <laughs> right, story. Bathroom, yeah. There's uh, USA Mexico. I'm sure there's other ones in there that he's found a way to miss out on. I mean, look, it would have been pretty legendary if he took a poop at the Azteca. I, I would have <laughs> never got, didn't get the opportunity to do I would that. be shocked if he didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, not during the game, but at some point. I want to I play this, because we were talking about the Seattle Sounders a moment ago, but the Seattle Sounders are, are playing in the CCL final, and they just uh, released a promo video with... Uh, Part owner of the team, Marshawn Lynch, uh, obviously played uh, for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, you know, uh, could have won them a, su- a second Super Bowl, but they decided to throw the ball and in- <laughs> give up an interception when they had a. It was right at like the one yard line. It was okay, very memorable. But <laughs> this is probably one of the best ever promos I've ever seen for. An MLS team, especially obviously playing in the CCL final, but they're really leaning into it. This was uh, incredible. So I want to play it for everybody if you haven't seen it. So here goes. Hey, come on, Seattle. This is going to be a big fucking game. (laughs) Champions League final. It's a big fucking stadium. We need to fill all these seats. Over there, over there. Up there, we need motherfuckers up in there. You see Hell that? Yeah. <laughs> we could be the first MLS team to win this. Let's go, Seattle. Seattle. We about to make history. Kitty, quick dog, quick the dog. Big match, <laughs> tiny fucking dog. Bro. <laughs> right, come on, see ya. There it is. How oh, great was God. that, yo? Marshawn Lynch, uh, I think creating one of the more memorable uh, MLS promos. I, I mean, it feels a little bit like a the CCL final feels like WrestleMania when it's Marshawn Lynch uh, kind of uh, doing stuff like this, and you know. He's swearing a whole bunch. They're really the fact that they didn't bleep anything mm-hmm. out. They were just like, "Yo, let this man be this man." Uh, love it, right? <laughs> like they, they clearly. What's the? Have you seen that Netflix show where everything's improvised? It's Will Arnett is the main guy. It's like a detective show. Oh yeah, yeah. I I, I, I think I saw the first episode, but I didn't realize it was improvised. Yeah, and and Marshawn Lynch does an episode, and okay, I watched okay. that one, and he's like, like he's he's fine, like he's clearly not like taking a bunch of improv lessons, but he's he's really clever and really sharp, and I love that they pretty clearly, in my mind at least, were just like talk about whatever you want to talk about and do whatever you want because that one of him kicking the ball, I'm pretty sure it's not a goal. I'm pretty sure he's just kicking a ball into the stands because why not? I am curious if he was annoyed that he had to dance to Macklemore songs, but. That's maybe a conversation for another day. Overall, <laughs> I just love that promo. The, no, it is uh, uh, pretty great. Look, I'm I'm still a little uh, sour over the fact. Yes, the, the Sounders are in the CCL final because they mm, they beat my uh, NYCFC, but uh, I think it was uh, well deserved. We've uh, had enough. We've had enough victories. Like, Ronnie can only dance, but so many times. Like <laughs> we don't need to see him more naked. Um, but this is uh, easily, yeah, one of the one of the better uses, uh, especially sit. Uh, since a lot of MLS teams now have, uh, you know, kind of famous owners, you know, Philadelphia Union 
Kevin Durant is one of the owners, and he just got uh, swept in the NBA playoffs the other yesterday. Um, the uh, uh, you know DC United has um, uh, Yo Gotti, uh, the rapper Yo Gotti. There's uh, there's, there's obviously Seattle Sounders have uh, Sierra, Russell Wilson, Marshawn Lynch, Macklemore. Have you not named Atlanta yet? Like, Atlanta, yes. <laughs> but <laughs> like, no, like but every no. rapper ever? No, no, like, no. Yeah. But Atlanta doesn't have an ownership group of oh, these these people. Right. Yeah, but they obviously the, the connections uh, to the city right, are incredible. Right. But the, but the fact that the the Sounders would would uh, use uh, what you mm-hmm. one of their owners to this degree and and really not like be tame about it. That's like yeah. the the cool part because like Atlanta United they did a song. Did you ever see the rap song that that uh, or it wasn't you know the 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 president the team president Darren Eels he did a music oh, video yeah, with yeah. Waka Flocka and he was like in it yeah, or whatever he didn't rap right. but yeah. <laughs> but even that was like there was no there was no swearing it was like family friendly but yeah. so for Marshawn Lynch to to get to this point where we're like we all we know who he is nobody's going to even if somebody might be upset about it it's going to be like yo this is who he is and 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 yeah. do that like that that's what makes me like happy that they they went this far yeah i mean when oh oh there goes <laughs> the pup uh, no yeah. yeah yeah i think like the dude who famously is here so he doesn't get fined you're not gonna be able to really tell him what to say but i remember i will forever remember uh i'm gonna censor it uh but have you ever seen the clip of like he had that show where it was him just like competing against like world-class athletes in whatever sport they play. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, Marshawn? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like a Facebook show, no? Uh, yeah, something like that. It was, yeah. it was like Marshawn tries it or all yeah, try yeah, that yeah. or something. And like he like he had like a world champion um, limbo dancer on, and then he like tried to do his version of that one. But I will forever remember the clip of them. It's him sitting around with like the writers and the producers, and they're talking about possible ideas. And one woman suggests, uh, what about if you played tennis against Serena Williams? And he was like, nah, that ain't fair. And she was like, oh, why? Because she's seven months pregnant. And he was just like, without skipping a beat, was just like, nah, because it's Serena Williams. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like that, that right there is like, you can put Marshawn Lynch in anything and I will watch it because that man is hilarious. For real, for real. No, that was uh, awesome to see. So, uh, look, best of luck. Uh, the, the Sounders are playing uh, Pumas in the CCL final when um, the game is, what, next week? The first game? Uh, May 4th, yes. Um, and so the first one... It's two legs. Uh, it'll be the first one is at home. Um, and I, I think I, I mentioned this before. I said I think the Sounders, given especially how they're playing in CCL, um, I think they have a very, very strong chance uh, at winning this. Watching them against NYCFC, I thought they were. It, it's, it's quite remarkable how every single player is so good on the ball. Um, mm. they, they don't really make m- many mistakes. I was really praising them. I, I think they'll beat Pumas easily. But then they play against San Jose. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just it makes no I sense. I didn't mean it like that. But that's, <laughs> but, I, I mean, San Jose, you, they're, uh, it's, they're a mess. We all know that. They, they're giving up goals like crazy. They're scoring a whole bunch of yeah. goals, but they're giving up so many. And they end up losing this game four to three. I, it makes absolutely no sense where the, the – uh, look, I'm going to just simply assume they're putting all their effort into CCL, uh, yeah. so you understand that. But but this game, there's no excuse to lose this game against San Jose. No. I just love – man, I'm sorry. I just love that you talked about them as though it's like there's this person you know who's this like celebrated actor who's a humanitarian and – 
she's done all this amazing work and you're so <laughs> amazed by her and then you find out she's married to Andy Dick and you're like, ah, wait a minute, something's wrong here. Something's wrong. Like, it's like, Seattle can be as good as they are, but they lost. Bit of a red flag, I gotta say. <laughs> uh, ain't good. Uh, I mean, I think, I, I agree with you that that is troublesome, uh, but I think Seattle, for the, for the most part, have proven that they have the ability to raise their game when they need to. Yeah. And, I, and I do think after those games against NYCFC, that maybe there's just an awareness of MLS regular season kind of doesn't matter until it matters yeah. in certain ways. And especially if you're Seattle who have proven you can catch on late and be just fine. I think maybe there's a, there's very much a looking ahead to that final at the expense of those games against Miami and uh, San Jose. Right, so I wouldn't right. be surprised if after those results, they still find a way to, to put up, if not a bunch of goals, then at least a strong performance. That would be my hope, because I think it would be pretty cool to have an MLS team win it, uh, yeah. as Marshawn Lynch made very clear. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, it, it was, it's surreal, because in that second leg against NYCFC, Stefan Fry was a, a monster, bro. Couldn't it just no, You could literally get nothing past him. And then he plays against San Jose, uh, <laughs> and he looks like just, he just looks pedestrian, bro. It was crazy. Um, Yanni, Yanni Mar said, La comida está hecha. You might be hearing uh, Helene making some food. So he's saying mm-hmm. the food is ready. <laughs> and, he <laughs> said, and he said, Ven a comer. Uh, so basically saying, you know, go, go, uh, go and eat. Okay. Yeah, do you need, do you need to take a break? Is it just going to be me for like 20 minutes while you go hang out? <laughs> DJ31 said, Tengo hambre. Okay, I think you know what that means. You know what that means? <laughs> no. Hambre no. means hunger. Uh, he's like, oh, I'm hungry. Is there another word for hungry? Um, or is am I like no. I don't want to say what word I thought it was because I feel like that's is it not is is hungrioso? Is that not a thing? No, that is not a thing. Okay. Is, I just made that up. All uh, right, that's just me having a bad answer uh, uh, on my Spanish. Uh, uh, all right. It's not, also is also is the word for bear. So it sounds like you're saying hungry bear a little bit. Uh, so it's I mean, like I am kind of cute. You, uh, you don't know how I identify. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right. <laughs> Here's some other stuff uh, that we have to uh, discuss. The um, oh, I want to m- make sure we were talking about uh, NYCFC. I want to make sure I uh, play this clip because this I was at I was at this game NYCFC against Toronto FC uh, at City Field. Uh, you love to see it. We we we'll, we we'll play in any baseball stadium, bro. I, I care less. <laughs> All right. Um, so. This was uh, uh, pretty incredible because this is just beautiful. Tati Castellanos. Boom. Nutmegs Michael Bradley. Bradley. Uh, And does the Rabona (laughs) to get the ball to Talis Magno. Uh, So this is... So I was there. I was on the the opposite goal. I saw the nutmeg. It was very, very clear. I was like, yes. You know, this is, you know, how people boo Michael Bradley uh, mm. at all the different MLS stadiums that he plays at. Because yeah. they haven't, they have, people have not let it go. That's uh-huh. it. We're done booing Michael Bradley. We're done with this. Now we just need to. I mean, now pl- that he's officially deceased, <laughs> we're done booing Michael Bradley? Yeah, no, we're fair. done. Now we just need to play this clip every single time he touches the ball. Okay. Oh. <laughs> we, it's, we, honestly, it's, the Meg is bad. I'm sorry. Yeah. But like. It's the Rabona afterwards that is, first of all, just sort of like insultingly well done, but also having been megged many times in my playing <laughs> career uh, at, at amateur level. Uh, it, like, you, you got to try to shake it off. And ideally, you want to have that moment where like, yeah, you megged me, but you didn't get it on the other side or I fouled you and thus the play right. ended. 
but that like before Bradley can even turn, the ball is gone. And it's not just gone. It's gone with another bit of skill that's ridiculously good. Like you can see it in the way he pulls up and then sort of like trots back. Like, I don't even care. It's fine. Yeah. I'm not mad. I'm not humiliated at all. My face isn't bright red. Like, oh yeah. It's so insulting, man. But I do wonder, did your Rabona training with Tati Castellanos, do you think that informed his ability to pull that off so well? I think the fact that we did, uh, you know, some uh, the Rabona masterclass, uh, mm. I, I, I can say I graduated from uh, Tati Castellanos Rabona masterclass. And uh, I think the fact that we, we held the class at all just was enough um, praise of him to be like, you know what, I really should show this tool uh, from my arsenal a little bit more often because I, I feel like I'm not using it enough. And th- this is why I love Tati Castellanos is because he is it. He does Rabona's only when they're wildly unnecessary. Like here, he could have clearly used his left foot to give a, a, a nice like a nice switch or a nice pass to Talis Magno. But the fact that he did the the Rabona and and it was so precise. Oh, it's so good. Which I mean, I've never I can't even I can barely do a Rabona and get it to go anyway any direction that I that I would want it to. But the fact that he did this and it was such a easy ball, an easy pass. I mean, right to Talis's feet. Uh the the Rabona if he just did the Rabona, you'd be like Yo, bro, mm. this guy, this guy got some sauce. But the fact that he did just a nutmeg right before it, <laughs> merely seconds before it, really what is, is what made it more spectacular. I, I'm glad. Okay. The, the the thing that would have sucked if, is if NYCFC lost and they almost did lose this game, or at least draw it. But they uh, the, they won the game. But this is just one of the uh, you know one of those like. This is going to you know, be on the highlights at the end of the year. This is just one of the greatest plays. And the fact that it happened to Michael Bradley, who is a defensive midfielder. Uh, is he, though? Is he? <laughs> is he? Sort of, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I think that's been a debate for a while now. <laughs> have, you, uh, have you ever done a Rabona without, like, having to think about it? Like, have you ever just, like, tried it when you're just messing around without having to be like, all right, how do I do it? Like, like thinking it through? Mm, no, I no, I have never. I, I'm too nervous. And you're talking about like in a game, right? Like actually playing, oh, yeah, or just like messing around. Either one, yeah. Oh, messing around, I've done it, but not like in a in an actual game. There, I I have not. There, there were the times I've like where I shocked myself. I remember playing like this must have been like four years ago. I got a long a long ball, mm-hmm. and uh. And I'm uh, so they, they they send it forward, and I'm about to go f- towards the goal. But the ball took like a, a a strange bounce, like right in front of me, and it hit like my shin. But it I it, it like I trapped the ball so perfectly, like in stride. It it literally just complete accident. But it, it like if this is my leg, it went the ball bounced and it, and it just stopped right in front of my foot, and I'm like. I just like, yeah, yeah, this is what I do, everybody. What are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah. Like, what is it, Tuesday? This is what I do. Yeah. No, like, that's that's what you have to do in that moment, though, right? Because if you just turn like, guys, did you see it? You've lost all, like, it's no longer cool. So you've got to... You've got to be able to pull it off in that moment. But I bet, like, the more you do it, because there is something to be said for, like, when you're in that flow state of, like, oh, I just Meg Michael Bradley, and now here's a Rabona for insult. Like, you're not really, you're just playing in the, like, instinct phase at that point, and I feel like that's when you can do those sorts of things. So I look forward (laughs) to you 
Raboning Nick, uh, Alexis Guerrero. Nick, Nick Red said, "Have you ever nutmeg nutmeg? That is, I do that all the time. I literally. Oh, oh sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was I gonna say, like, I I nutmeg my dog all the time. Uh, but but this is a good question. Uh, and Joe Willock just said, should the chat just talk to each other today? Ha ha ha. Well, we'll get to it. <laughs> you know, it's it's new for uh, for Taylor. It's all good. Um, but it's, did, I, I've seen this question posed: When you nutmeg a dog, does it count?" When you go in between the four legs, or do you have to go directly towards in in between uh, uh, the, the dog's uh, legs, in, or in in between both of their pairs of uh, of legs? How do you feel was, about it? That's what I was gonna. I was genuinely gonna ask you that same question. We answered that as a listener question, and we agreed. I think that uh, dog like from the side, so like legs through. Uh, that counts as a meg, and then if you do it the other way, it's a double meg, and you Ooh. get extra points for okay. it. But also, like if you're doing that at speed, uh, I learned the hard way that when a dog steps on a soccer ball and steps the wrong way, they tear their ACL. What? Similar to humans, so don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. And you know, uh, you know what's not cheap? Repairing a dog's ACL. It wow. turns out. So maybe avoid that if you can. Yes. They don't have ACLs, but whatever their equivalent is, okay, it's important. It turns out <laughs> the, the tendon that holds their entire leg together is apparently pivotal. That's uh, no pun intended. The pivotal. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Exactly. And I do uh, to go to the chat for a moment, though. I have so many random things to say. Uh, but I agree. I think Michael Bradley. Like I agree with you. We should stop booing him because of that moment with Castellanos, but also because he wasn't alone. There was a lot of people who were responsible for the U.S.'s failure to qualify, and I think he gets scapegoated a lot. He got scapegoated when they were in the World Cup in uh, against Portugal. I think he gets blamed for a lot of stuff in that game that he yeah. didn't deserve, and I think that's. Part of that is probably the relationship to his to his dad and there always being those ideas of nepotism behind it. I think he's not the most um, electrifying figure. I don't know. Like, I remember there's that article Paul Tenorio wrote about like spending a day with Michael Bradley during the World Cup. And it was very Mm, this. It was very (laughs) like, yeah, that was a good game. Like, I think there's just it's not his style. So I think. I think we maybe we should stop the booing. And yeah, it'd be nice if he got a, a game just to say thanks. I think the same goes for Josie Altador, another player who like I think gets unfairly criticized and and certain parts of his career get unfairly remembered. Because I think the time with Sunderland was was certainly bad. It's not like he covered himself in glory, but that team was awful. Right. And if you have a striker getting no service and no support and nobody to combine with yeah, they're not going to score. And it feels kind of unfair to blame him for that. It feels unfair to blame him and Michael Bradley for the failure to qualify in 2018. They had a part, but not all of it. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like we should all maybe be pointing our fingers at a certain coach named, uh, well, I won't say his name, but it rhymes <laughs> with uh, Schmergen Flinsman. How about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, you you know, you know, guys figure that out. I mean, it's going to be a tough one. Um, That's <laughs> the, um, uh, yeah, I, I remember uh, speaking to, uh, we interviewed Matt Beasler. Um, and he was also one of the players uh, that was there in, uh, in in Trinidad. And there is a lot of shame to missing out on that World Cup. And, and these guys express it. And it's almost like, you, like, so you think Michael Bradley's happy that he didn't qualify for the World right. Cup? Like, what? How much? No. <laughs> how much more booing and acknowledgement of this uh, failure does he mm. and everybody else on that team need? That's it. I mean, like. At some point, we have to let it go, no? 
I think so. I, I, interesting one. Uh, Nick Red said they both deserve the criticism for trying to excuse their loss to Costa Rica at Red Bull Arena on the fans. I don't. I, I'm not saying they didn't. I just don't remember that. I remember that being a talking point about like the the support wasn't there and it felt like an away game. And so yeah, I think that like there was a lot of things said in that time period that I I don't think the frustration with those two wasn't justified in the moment i was mad at every single person on that team including the coach including u.s soccer for a lot of decisions made there and i think if like people were justified in that frustration but i just think it, it's gone a little too far at this point to continue to hold it against them is, right, right. is kind of where i, I, am I like this one. question from nick harris he says uh, what players should get a farewell game from that trinidad game that most likely won't tim howard mm-hmm. well that yeah was, i t- think I think absolutely Tim Howard. I, I, and I think Josie Osler and I think Michael Bradley. That's three games. So I don't know if you do all those at once. <laughs> but I mean, Tim Howard, uh, I think it was Tony Miola was talking about this last week. That like the U.S. has great goalkeepers right now, but we are not in the position we were when Tim Howard was there. And it was just like, no matter what, we've got that dude like who's going to lock it down and be the like uh, head of Homeland Security, I think was his title briefly yeah. on Wikipedia. Or Secretary um, of Defense. There it is. There yeah. it is. Thank you. That makes way more sense. Uh... <laughs> uh, yeah, Tim Howard, yes, he was He was patting everybody down. with. Uh, he had the wand, making sure they didn't have any contraband. You know how it is. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's a TSA agent. Um, yeah. So, but I, no, I think Tim Howard, for everything he did, for the national team, but also just for soccer in this country to go to Manchester United, to have the success with Everton, to, I don't know, I like to deal with the disability with Tourette's. Like, I think there's a ton of reasons why we should all remember how awesome he was. His love of hardcore metal. He had a metal attic in his house in England. I remember that one where it was oh, all like, know that. yeah, he had like an attic where he would just go and listen to like metal records just from the eighties. I'm guessing. Slayer so, and Slipknot. Yeah, yeah. I think he had a Slayer poster. <laughs> Um, so there you go. that's not that surprising. I think he and Marcus Hahnemann, I think, were like big into metal for some oh, reason. Oh, okay. Um, that doesn't need to be part of the farewell game. But I think Bradley and then J- Josie, I just like, I-, I love Josie Altidore as a player and as a dude. Like, I remember uh, when he, when I was first covering the US, I like one of my first games I got a credential to was a friendly against Turkey before the 2010 World Cup. And I think it was then that, like, I mean, it was right after that one that he was in Turkey. And I remember speaking to, like, I would just try to get his attention and said something to him in Turkish. And he turned around and came back and was like, yo, you Turkish? And I was like, no. But then we ended up talking about his time in Turkey and about how where he could watch Champions League games was a big thing. Because he had tweeted that, like, he didn't understand how Turkey worked and the supermarket had the games on. So he had gone to the supermarket and was watching with the supermarket staff. So we, like, went over where he could watch games. But it was just the most, like... It's amazing. I just remember this whole time being like, I'm not... I cannot be supposed to be here. There is no <laughs> chance that I'm supposed to be having this conversation. I know who I am, and I know who you are. And I'm you know just, who you are. You have no idea who Yo, I am. Yo, Taylor, you want to come uh, watch uh, the, the Champions League final at Whole Foods? Uh, it's like, a great, it's a sure. great spot. Let's do it, Josie Afterdor. That feels like a sitcom right there. Let's make that happen. Uh, incredible. Um, the, uh, um, Yanni Mar said, will Tim Howard work in the Burhalter system? I, I don't, I don't see... know. I don't. I don't see why not. I mean, I I personally feel like some of the goalkeeper stuff gets overblown. Like obviously it's super important, but Zach Steffen is famed for his distribution until he's not, and Matt Turner is famed for his shot stopping, which I guess hasn't been too problematic of yet. But I, I think, especially at an international level, I feel like it's it's kind of goalkeepers are goalkeepers. Fundamentally, it's about keeping the ball out of the net, and then it's about helping with distribution. I think that 
ends up being a lot more important at club level. So I don't see there being a huge gap between those two. And I don't see Tim Howard standing out in the wrong way. So, yeah, I think in his prime, Tim Howard probably starts for Greg Berhalter. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I to can me. see that too. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, um, Tim Howard, assistant secretary of housing and development. That's outstanding, Joe Whitlock. It's a good, it's a good role, and your family will be proud. Okay. <laughs> um, DJ Thirty One said, "It's a shame my uh, little cousins sure. know who Bradley and them are before I even force football to them." So that's it. It's interesting. They've, yeah. they've mm-hmm. become infamous. Uh, these guys, uh, yeah. you know, but that's that that comes with the territory. Look, they 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 uh, had one of the uh, biggest disappointments and failures in U.S. soccer history, and they gotta they gotta hold on to that L. I mean, they of, of course they provided incredible moments, and I think that should be uh, acknowledged and applauded. But like you know, at some point we we're gonna have to get over it and not simply yeah. just hate these guys. Okay, um, all right. So I wanna I wanna play this back to uh, MLS. This is uh, so Sporting Kansas City just played against uh, Columbus Crew uh, this oh. weekend. I, I don't I don't remember the result uh, of that game. Uh, so you don't need to because <laughs> it's about this moment. <laughs> was it nil nil? It might have been nil nil. I don't remember. Anyway, um, but this uh, is pretty incredible. Uh, uh, somebody tweeted this. Who tweeted this? Uh, uh, MLS gone wild. Um, uh, so shouts to them because uh, this is where I first saw it. But this is. Uh, Peter Vermees, is it going to be blocked by you? Oh, no, here it is. You can see Peter Vermees at the bottom of the screen. Coach, he's upset about something. He wants them to move the ball forward. They're not. He spins and boom, and <laughs> collapses. <laughs> he falls on the ground. So he's telling them, getting, get the ball forward and tell him to pass it, send that long ball, and boom, he's up. Uh, this is pretty hilarious. I've never really seen anything. Wow. This is, it's, it's pretty incredible. Uh, he's this upset with his team. Mm-hmm. I, I said that he did a short you can. Uh, I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it looked like to me. Uh, is that how you're supposed to say what that guy says? Because it's short Ryuken. Short Ryuken is how it's, it's I thought it was. We're talking about Street Fighter. Street right? Fighter, correct. Yeah. Because, yeah, I th- yeah I, sometimes my daughter will say something that sounds the approximation of like Hadouken. And I'm like, are you, are you, are you? Ryu or Ken reincarnated? How do you? That'd be cool. Who's I take the, that one. Who's letting you play this game? Uh, right. <laughs> but what easily one of my favorite uh, uh-huh. footballing uh, uh, yes moments. Uh, you know, it's up there with like the uh, Louis Van Hall falling on the ground in front of the referee. You know what I mean? Like this is yeah. I, this was. I mean, obviously this one this one was not intentional. Uh, so can you, can you go back to it for a moment? Of course. I think I think I think I have an idea what happens. Less so with the fall, but I think it's uh, in, in Denbe. I think is the left back, and I think that's who he's screaming at to make this run forward. And he makes it late, and then he stops. And that's when, when Vermees gets really pissed. So he starts the run, then he stops. And that's when <laughs> Vermees like, throws his hands up. So I think that's what he's mad about. And what I'm choosing to believe is that Peter Vermees is such a method actor right. that he's like, I have to show how your run broke down this whole play. You ruined everything. I'm falling over. That's how much you've stopped this move. But I'm it, furious. You look at why doesn't he set his the, the foot that he's spinning with he must, he must, the inertia that he, his arm uses, just, it doesn't allow, like his right leg is like not functioning anymore. It's yeah. really, it, it, it's, it looks like something, like he's drunk or something happened. I mean, uh, my first thought was like, 
is Peter Vermees having a few at halftime? <laughs> <laughs> like just making this more interesting. Uh, it it is also as as you get older, I guess. Uh, there there are those moments when you're like, oh, I just make that noise when I stand up now. <laughs> Didn't know that happened. And I do wonder if maybe like a younger, fitter Peter Vermees in his prime playing days could spin a, a 720. <laughs> but nowadays, maybe the, the feet don't quite land where he thought they were going to. Also, now that I think about it, doesn't um, Peter Vermees uh, look a little bit like um, like Guile from Street Fighter? Uh, the the wall of hair the hair the yeah too. yeah <laughs> he <laughs> frequently wears a green tank top and throws the sonic boom yeah yeah uh, yeah so out. it's not it's not uh you know that oh, like uh, a far now, fetch now i just now i'm just thinking of mean stuff <laughs> just like rafa benitez is e honda like we know that i mean we uh, see to... we see peter here we see gal it's not that it's not that far apart okay Can, can you can you pull up a photo of Pep Guardiola and Dalsim? I think that's the one who could like who was the yoga warrior. Didn't know that was a thing. They were ahead of their time. But there's like they're both bald. Okay. There's okay. both there's a calm intensity to them both. Right, and right. And then right. I feel like Pep Guardiola can stretch his limbs as he needs to. Right, right. And they both spit flames. You know what I'm talking about, okay? <laughs> it checks out. It checks out. Now I feel like we need to make this video game happen. I'm into it. I'm into it. Um okay. The- Did I ever tell you? I'm, I'm going to keep distracted. Go for it, go for it, go for it. Sorry. Did I ever tell you, you reminded me of this when you had your Rabona Masterclass. Mm-hmm. But did I ever tell you about my, my greatest idea that we started to put into place and then just never had the time for, but it was adult soccer camp? I am still obsessed with this idea, and I think it would be the greatest thing ever. Yeah, they, um, somebody does this. I think it Thieves. might. Thieves! It's my idea. <laughs> I think it might be kansas city it might be sporting kansas city um yeah, that's the way to, all right and i, I think they do adult soccer camps and it's yeah. but the this is the the thing that is like frustrating and i think i saw this maybe a couple weeks ago but the photo that they use to promote their adult soccer camp is like almost looks like an insult to the adults playing like the guy is like he, he's clearly uh-huh. an adult and not in in the most soccer of shapes uh-huh. Uh, but <laughs> so it feels like it's like, come yeah, on, Peter, Peter Vermees. Issues is what we're talking about here. Yeah, <laughs> come on, play somebody. adult soccer camp with us as we bully you. Okay. You know, <laughs> yeah, see, that's the line. See, uh, mine was, mine would be like, you play with X pros, but then there's like a beer truck there. So you're having beers, you're having tacos afterwards. You go watch right. a game at night. So you're hanging out watching games with X pros and they're talking to you about their stories and all that. It could be a whole big thing, but now that it already exists, I'm furious and we can move on to other topics. <laughs> um, okay. A couple uh, other things before uh, we wrap up. Oh, Nick Harris just said Taylor wants his royalty check. Uh, Nick red yeah. uh, said the Red Bulls used to do that. Okay. Um, I'm sure it, it should be a more normal thing because it's probably a really good thing, you know, cause you have like youth soccer camps and, and to get like kids aware of, uh, you know, aware of the club or maybe, uh, identify talent that could play in an academy or something like that. But this is, uh, fun too. Like when, when we went to Germany and played in like the media game, it's a great, oh, like, yeah. it's like a great, like yeah. community thing. It's uh, you know, you, otherwise you probably wouldn't have met these people or had the opportunity to do something like that. I, I'm like a yeah. huge fan of it. Um, it's always fun because they get a little intense, the media games. There's always a, like, either a, I want to prove that I am justified in talking about this sport, or for some reason, inevitably, somebody shows up that has no business being there, 
twice in my experience it's been Stu Holden showing up after everyone had played for an hour and it turns out he's really really good really really good yeah. and everybody yeah. elevates their game as a result it's, it's yeah it's not is, my favorite thing it is um when you see the the, the chasm in difference from you know just uh, somebody who enjoys playing soccer to a yeah. professional you're like yeah really wow like i saw this um clip with uh andre Iguodala, who's uh who plays for the golden uh-huh. state warriors and he was playing basketball with his son um and and he was you know playing you know taking a bunch of shots and he was just not missing any shot and his son was was just like he's like dad you're like you're good why are you so good <laughs> and because he doesn't really he doesn't he doesn't play that way basketball in our backyard because i built us a court yeah i'm pretty good kid and basically he's, he, and he explained to him he's like He's like, yeah, I'm in the NBA. I, that's right? this is how it works. But like, when I play for my team, there's even p- people better than me that can't uh, that I can't do what they do. So they, my role on the team is not taking every single shot and making every single shot. And like, this is how. So the the level from just a, a casual player to somebody who's a professional to then who is a superstar, it's yeah. even the levels go even higher than that. Man, I never thought about that because you're totally right. like. You're totally right, but your kid also like if if you're a dude who's playing with Steph Curry, your kid is probably nudging you like, "What? Why can't you do that? Like, <laughs> right, right? Why does he get to shoot all the shots? What's that? What's that about? It's just you can see it. Should He's very should he good. be should he be my dad? Because what I'm seeing from what you're doing <laughs> doesn't really make me want to be your son. So yeah, this is this is why my I'm just not gonna let my daughter listen to soccer podcasts, <laughs> and then we're fine. Je- I, I love this. My only performance metric. <laughs> Jeremiah Lack said, "Adult soccer camp, dads making friends." That is 100% what it is. (laughs) Hey, it gets harder when you're older. It gets harder to make friends that, like, you know, you don't have to have strange conversations. Pepe's the Don said, I want to be Wesley Snyder when I grow up. Have you seen pictures of Wesley Snyder recently? No. Oh, boy. Uh I mean, mean, no shame in his game. But when it, uh-huh. you know, all I'm saying, he wouldn't, he wouldn't work Wait, well. Should there be? He wouldn't. Should there be shame? <laughs> he wouldn't work well under uh, Hernan Lozada uh, <laughs> coaching staff. All the, that's all I'm saying. He's he's gained he's gained quite a bit of weight, and and people are kind so of uh, mocking him a little bit for it. Uh, but what are you gonna do? You gain, you get, you, you know, when you retire. I can't find a a, he, fo- a photo of it I right hate, now. I hate this, but like that's one of those dudes. Like it was him, it was Gaetan, and there was one other player that was every single transfer window linked to Manchester United, and it never happened. But every single window, Wesley Schneider was linked with Manchester United for a period of time, and it makes me sad that now, yeah, that feels like the Wesley Schneider <laughs> that would play for Manchester United these days. This it's is like, yeah, that's about the effort that's required to play in that midfield. It's, sure, get it's in. All there. Good. It's all good. He's a thick boy. Let him let him live his life. He's 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 contributed. Enough to the game. Uh, how how yeah. much do we need to hold them for that standard forever? Does it need to, no. you know, uh, be just cut up and ripped uh, for the rest of his life? Let him live. He's drinking a Coca Cola or like a, a a rum and Coke or something. All I'm good. Assuming- he doesn't, but it really looks like he has daddy tattooed on his arm. I'm hoping that's not the case. I'm hoping his wife has a name that's similar to daddy. I don't know. I don't know. I can't see that. Where do you see that? On the right side? On his left arm? Le- or is- uh, left left forearm is what it looks oh, like Oh, I can't me. tell. I don't think that's what it He's is. He's been married to Yolanthi, so that is not the name. Jeffrey? That could be Jeffrey tattooed on his arm. Okay. Right there in the... Ch- yeah, like right Ch- Chada, Ch- Chada United said, is this the advert for adult soccer? <laughs> 
just kind of is. It's just kind of with the photos that they Although, use. I mean, that, yeah, you know what? It kind of is because what <laughs> I'm advocating for is you go out, you play with some ex-bros, then you have drinks in that evening and you watch some games nope. and you hang out. Yeah, that feels like the kind of the, the, before, the before and after. We're it's a lovely for. afternoon. There's more tabs. You need more tabs open. Blanco, <laughs> is what I, I look at your, your, your thing we got going on. I'm here. getting the, the stuff ready. Mm. Oh, so how about this? Okay, so let's just let's move on to the next subject yeah. because I, um, I, we have to talk about the uh, UEFA Women's Champions League. Mm-hmm. Barcelona played against uh, Wolfsburg uh, at, at Camp Nou. Uh, is it Camp Nou or Camp Nou? I never know how to say it exactly. It's um, one of those. One and of it's, those. and sometimes it's new camp. Sometimes new comes right, before right, camp. Right. Because, it gets very confusing. Because yeah. of uh, the, the Catalan or whatever. Um, but 91,648 um, people at this match. Uh, it's the most attended women's uh, soccer match. And I wanted to talk about this because, obviously, this is a, uh, an incredible uh, uh, number and, and, and quite a record. And we've seen this. La Liga has been pretty incredible. Um, we see this mm-hmm. with like Atletico Madrid. There's a couple teams that are really, really getting some strong support. But the reason I bring this up, even though it's European-based, and this is the American soccer show, is that people have been saying that um, this is uh, that th- that Barcelona is now like basically if you had Barcelona play against the U.S. Women's National Team, that Barcelona would dominate them and they would win and barcelona in in the in in la liga though in the women's league they are uh absolutely dominant apologies for you're going to be hearing a fire alarm <laughs> uh but should I, I i feel like i should it, there's no way for me to get through the show without it, it not being distracting so i'll just i'll play a different horn because i have this uh on deck uh it should play in a second it should play in a second it's not playing. <laughs> are you are you telling me? Or are you telling I'm yourself telling you, as, you, as you panic? <laughs> I hit the button, but it's not loading. Do you, you ever listen to? Do you ever listen to Comedy Bang Bang that podcast? I, I haven't listened to it in a while. Before, like way back when, when they were in their old studio. There it is. Follow <laughs> you, everybody. Uh, they didn't have it soundproofed, and so whenever a plane would fly over, he would play the the plane break song, which was just him saying "taking a plane break." I think over and over again. So you could just do that. You could just have background <laughs> songs that you play when things happen. I like that. The dog just, walks by. Jess Howen said, "Did Helene burn something?" And then Nick Red said, "Are they coming for you, Christian?" <laughs> uh, Christian's lunch is birthing from uh, Chanchala. Uh, yeah, I live in a place where they have uh, instead of having just a regular fire trucks leave the the, the fire station. They have a, a whole the whole town has a fire alarm, which is pretty surreal and and very annoying. So what was I saying? Oh, Barcelona. They're saying that they would beat the U.S. Women's National Team. Um, but the issue here, La, La Liga, the, the level of play is not uh, as high as like NWSL. So mm-hmm. they they absolutely dominate. They pretty much uh, they dominate their league, but they're also being very they're also very dominant in uh, in Champions League. And I don't I don't know if you've seen any of the uh, of these games, but Barcelona, mm-hmm. I mean they they look like uh, you know Xavi, Iniesta, Messi, Barcelona. They, they their style of play is so uh, not even similar to the the men's game now. But the men's game then, they are just so much better than some of the other teams in La Liga. And I think it, has, I think it says more about La Liga than it does about how good Barcelona are, even though they are very good. Um, because they, they, their goal differentials, like 112, like last season, I don't know if you saw this. They're, they're too good. But this idea that the Europeans, 
especially a team like Barcelona, are catching up to the U.S. Women's National Team. What do, what do you think about uh, that narrative? Uh, I mean, I'm not trying to be like stick in the mud, but isn't that a little bit like because Man City might win the title being like Man City are catching up to Brazil. Brazil better watch out. Like to me, it's 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 two different things. I get the idea behind it is that Europe is catching up to the U.S. Women's National Team, and that is factual. That is definitely the case. I think NWSL should be really, really worried. I don't know if the U.S. should be quite yet, but I think NWSL has to look at, I mean, what were the stories about NWSL last year? It's not the players' fault, but like we know what the dominant headlines were, and it yeah. was not positive stuff. And if you are a player who's contemplating your next move, I think NWSL has a little bit of work to do to kind of restore like the league's good name a little bit and to make sure that they're doing enough to protect the players. And again, that's not a shot at the players. It's not a shot at the, like the people who the fans even, but I I think the league should definitely be worried because it has long been the case that women's soccer is wildly underfunded. And I, what I have always believed is that U S U S soccer because of title nine, because of other like policy initiatives has just put more money into the women's game than other federations. And it's given the U S a huge head start, but it does not take an insane amount of money to build a very good team in women's soccer. And that's not a shot at the league. It's a shot at the people who haven't been doing that yet. It's why Lyon have been so good for so long and why PSG are able to balance them. Now it's, you put a little bit of money into it. You're paying players in ways that they wouldn't otherwise be able to, to be paid to make that money. And they're going to go there, and that's what's going to keep happening. And it, now you've got 90,000 people showing up for games. I think it's a necessary thing because we're on our – NWSL has been around for a while, don't get me wrong, but that's what, the third, fourth professional women's league in this country? And and there was a time when it was like, is there ever going to be one that can stick around? And it feels like now we're moving towards like, yeah, there's going to be a bunch, and Europe is going to be really good, and the Champions League is going to be super strong. And I think NWSL probably is pretty nervous about that one. Uh, and maybe that will require them to start spending a little bit more and kind of keeping some of that cachet. I hope it's not their solution isn't just make it even harder for Americans to go play abroad, which is a thing that I think they've maybe done a little bit in the past. Yeah. And I hope they don't do this time because it then hampers development. And and I think that's a thing that's sorely needed. I do wonder, uh, sorry to go really long with this one. I genuinely don't know. And I now want to do some research to find out if the Barcelona like on the women's academy side, first of all, if they have a women's academy, again, I apologize for not knowing. They do, they do. But if, and if they do, is it the La Masia thing of we're playing the same style, everybody learns how to play the way we want to play, and so we're bringing through these players who are steeped in that tradition, and that's why they, they look the way you would expect a Barcelona team to look. That would also make me very, very nervous if I were an NWSL team because having a really strong academy is a way to not have to spend a ton of money but right. still have a really good team and it doesn't seem like NWSL has done enough of either of those yet. Yeah, the uh, so uh, Alexis and I, we, we hosted, uh, we were the in-stadium announcers at the, mm-hmm. um, uh, at the ICC Futures. Uh, so so uh, basically boys and girls, it was like U, U14, U15, something like that. Um, and, and clubs from all over the country and from uh, a couple from Europe, PSG were there, Real Madrid were there, um, boys and girls. Um, and but Barcelona, uh, boys and girls were there, and Barcelona ended up winning uh, the women uh, or the girls. They won their um, their division, and so getting to see them play, and they played against an American, uh, mm-hmm. um, I think it was PDA, PDA, which is like the New Jersey 
based um, academy. And Barcelona, even these girls that were like 13, 14 years old, I was watching them I'm like, this is this is Barcelona. They, they, they I, I cannot, under, I can't comprehend how these young girls are, are playing the exact mm-hmm. same way and have this a, a very similar tactical uh, uh, and or technical ability as as you know uh, boys and 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 even the girls uh, uh, ten years older than them or whatever. They're just so incredibly accomplished, and they it really didn't look like the. Uh, you could. It, it had the old trope of like the Americans are more athletic and are playing harder, but they just they just couldn't control the ball as well as uh, as these kids. And you're you're sort of seeing that when it comes to whatever the, the tactical level of the game um, in in uh, in women's La Liga is not has not gotten to every other club like yeah mm-hmm. barcelona real madrid there's a couple that are uh, atletico especially they're there Wait, you're telling me la liga is dominated by real madrid <laughs> barcelona and atleti to a lesser extent no way i cannot believe it's really like uh uh pretty incredible but i still think so the the theory i have here you know i i, I the the league i watch the most as far as you know i watch nwsl and and then women's super league in in england i watch that uh from time to time on uh, Ata football, ATA football. I don't know if you know uh, know them, um, but I watch. There's something to end up to me. I, what I get frustrated at, in, in NWSL matches, I, I kind of feel like the. I wish there were more goals, but I I think there is a. Um, I, I, but I think that that sort of says why NWSL is a tougher league. It's, I think it's just tougher to score in NWSL. I think the defenders are a, a bit better. And I think there's more parity between the teams um, in a women's super league. You know, there'll be a, there's a couple really good teams. And then you, you've seen like Arsenal and, and Viv, uh, Vivian uh, Miedema, you know, could score like a hat trick every other game. And then uh, but I, like, I think if, if Miedema played in NWSL, I, I, re- I don't think, it, you know, there wouldn't be nearly uh, uh, results like that. So that that's yeah. it, it, it's. I, I, look, I still think the European leagues are a little bit weaker than NWSL. It, it would be, um, I think it's still good for the American player to like get a different experience playing in another country or playing in one of these uh, these other leagues because I think the mm-hmm. the resources for them it's it's similar to like how WNBA players, even though it like sucks that they have to do this, but they go play in 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 russia or whatever yeah well uh yeah and that's like that's a, that's a bit that's of a, a problem yeah. <laughs> that's a big problem now is she still is she still in she, jail yeah Brittany Brittany griner is still uh you know in jail in russia which is an absolute nightmare but the so like a, one thc cartridge right <laughs> and then they charged her with like drug smuggling right, and right. setting up a criminal empire or whatever the yeah um that's- so, uh, Chanchad Mina said, Grant just dropped an article. Otherwise, there's a bunch. Mm-hmm. Oh, a painting with a very bar brush. Uh, uh, the US 17 of the past couple cycles have dominated the physically and psychologically, but cannot match the technical and tactical of current Europeans, which it seems odd that we can't get there from a technical um, level, given how good the team is. It's not like they can't be that far apart, in my opinion. I mean, we, we have the best team in the world it, it can't be that uh, difficult to get there um uh yeah i i think honestly my my feeling is it's like the rise and fall of empires is you you sure. rise by having 
like new technology or an innovative approach and that spreads, but then eventually people figure out how to counteract that approach and develop their own. And then those people create their own empire. And it does seem like us soccer uh, on the women's side for so long has prioritized a lot of the same things that the men's side did. And I think to their own detriment on occasion, it's, it's physicality, it's college soccer, which means heavy recruitment, which means I think they've changed the laws to allow this, but you had like, middle schoolers committing to play for colleges like it's it was about sort of bringing through talent to make your team win now but not necessarily develop players the way you need them to and as we've already said uh, there was another comment in there about like uh somebody said that uh like funding women's soccer is a rounding error forgive me i can't find that one in there right now but again i think that might have been kim mccauley who talked about that about how just the budgets of these teams are so limited uh that if you funded them and gave them the, the a way to have an academy that built players to play a cohesive style of soccer, you're going to make better players. But that hasn't really been the case in the U.S. It just has been the case that nobody has been able to catch up yet because right. it's been so underfunded and not really cared about. And the FIFA president talks about how we need to have them wearing shorter shorts and is making sexist comments while handing out the Ballon d'Or. Like it's it doesn't really help grow the game. And I think that's changing. And again, I think if you're an NWSL executive, if you're some people at U.S. soccer, you're probably a little bit nervous about the way things are yeah, going. Because I, I do think there's going to come a time when the U.S. is not if not struggling to qualify for a World Cup, then it's it's less of an okay, we're going to get to the World Cup, but how's the knockout round going to go? There will come a time when we're worried about the group stage and maybe we're worried about qualification on top of that. Right. It's only a matter of time. And that that question was from Trish Murphy about the the rounding error uh, as well. Okay. Thanks, Trish. I, uh, so uh, speaking, I want to talk about the Ch- Challenge Cup a little bit because mm-hmm. uh, it is the semifinals of the Challenge Cup, which uh, have already, there's been a lot of criticism uh, about this already, but Just Fishlock, uh, we're looking at the article on Just Women's Sports from uh, Claire Brennan uh, about Just Fishlock, uh, who she was obviously, she's frustrated because the rain, they have, they're playing their semifinal game against the Washington Spirit in the Challenge Cup, but they have to play the game uh, away. They have to play. Mm-hmm. They're the top seed, and they have to play the game in Asegra Field. Uh, in uh, I don't know. I don't know exactly where it is. It's near the DC area. Um, Loudon. It's about an hour away. Okay. So she's obviously uh, not happy with this. Her tweet uh, says, "Congratulate quote Congratulations on being top seed. I make it through the semifinal of the Challenge Cup to celebrate. You now have an away game on the East Coast Sunday, followed by an away." semifinal that you aren't meant to host on Wednesday on the West Coast. Lucky you. So we saw this from Jess, uh, the, the frustration. Also, uh, Bethany Balser uh, on the team. Uh, she mentioned uh, she, there was a, a, another tweet with her talking about um, the, the, the final for the, uh, for the Challenge Cup, uh, the, the, the time. I guess it's 1 p.m. Eastern time. Um, which is uh, what 9 p.m. Uh, or uh, 10 10 p 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific. Uh, so it's just like it's generally pretty. It's it's you pre- went the other way. You're right. Whatever. <laughs> it's pretty uh, absurd that that yeah. would be. Um, uh, yeah, she's frustrated with the, the scheduling. Uh, yeah. and, and and there's there's a little bit of this this uh, this disrespect. We saw this at the end of end of uh, championship. 
um, where it was originally going to be in Portland, then it got moved to Louisville, and then the, the, so the time difference helped the actual players. They didn't have to play the game at 9 a.m. or whatever, get up at, at 6 a.m. to play in, in, in a game so early. Um, but this, I, I, I want to talk just about the this setup of the Challenge Cup because the Challenge Cup was created, obviously, during, during COVID, and and it was in Utah. All the teams were in a in in the bubble, uh, and it was the first professional league to come back. And it was a, it was a monumental thing. It was it, it meant a lot not just to women's sports, but sports uh, in the country uh, overall. But it had the best Twitter accounts that were launched after it. From right, the the playset behind it. I think the sprinklers got their own Twitter account. Right, yeah, it was a lot of good stuff. So it was a lot of fun. I think, and the world really uh, tuned in. It was it was very exciting. But the now, now, obviously, when they brought back the Challenge Cup, uh, and now this time around, it, it's feeling a little. It's a. It's obviously a little, it's a little bit messy uh, with the schedule. Trish Murphy just mentioned it. Uh, now, the, the the whole dang schedule is a mess because the Challenge Cup overlaps the regular season, and then if you are a team that has a regular season game and you made it through farther uh, to the the cha- uh, Challenge Cup uh, semifinals, they just reschedule your game. So this, th- there was no way this wasn't going to be a little bit hectic and a little bit uh, complicated. But the, the fact that they did it this way, it feels, it, it kind of goes back to the point I was making about Bethany Balser. Is the, is, it's like NWSL shooting themselves in the foot. Are they truly uh, giving the players the, the respect that they deserve by creating a schedule like this and and there is like this balance of trying to get the most publicity with with respecting the players you know health and time and 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 trying to make this like the most entertaining product that you can but it it does feel a little bit like muddled like i hate that nwsl always has to deal with these kind of like logistical self-inflicted gunshot yeah Yeah, they do they do yeah um, so I don't know, like uh, how to like feel about. It. I'm ex- it, 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 to me, it, it kind of takes a, away a little bit from the significance of the Challenge Cup because I don't know. Should it be just a preseason thing that we like, whatever? Who cares what the results are? Or is it like an important tournament mm-hmm. that we should really focus on? And, and I, I'm leaning towards making the Challenge Cup a little bit more. Reduced in its significance, and yeah. and whether you know, I think people will side, or you know, they'll find uh, you know whatever. Some people think like it's a trophy; they should play for it, but it shouldn't be. How many games is it? I believe it's six six matches for each team, um, and then plus the the plus the semifinal and the final. I I think this might be a little too much just for a, a, a preseason game. You, there, there's yeah. injuries, Lynn Williams out for the year, stuff like that. I, I think it, it it should be a little bit reduced in some way. Yeah, I I, I agree with you entirely. And uh, Crimson Pizza uh, said it well. I couldn't tell if the season had already uh, started or not, or if it was a preseason tournament. I remembered it from the pandemic, so it didn't exactly make sense that it was still going. And and I do think like. It, it confounded me. I talked to Lori Lindsay last week and I wasn't sure if I was supposed to say the season has started or hasn't right. started yet. And like, that's an interview thing. It doesn't matter, but it speaks to the larger thing of like, I don't think anybody really feels like they know. Uh, there was a, another comment about, can we just make Meg Linehan the schedules are, I don't think Meg <laughs> wants that job, but I think like even Meg doesn't know how these things work or when things are supposed to happen. And that for your leading reporter to not fully know what is happening and when 
is and I'm saying Meg does now certainly, but yeah. there are definitely times when like she, you know, there's the shirt, Meg. When is the schedule dropping? Yeah, like I, I think for so long, NWSL has existed on scarcity brain and the idea of just like if you're lucky, if you're lucky to play professional soccer as a woman, then you're lucky enough, and that seems to have been the mentality for so long. And we're going to create these fly by night tournaments because we got to do something, and there's nothing else going on, and now like against the backdrop of 91,000 people watching women's soccer in Spain, I think NWSL has to look at this and has to change the way they think because throwing in random tournaments that we're supposed to care about, but not care about, but regular season matters, but there's only eight teams and it doesn't. And now we're expanding and now it's better. Like I, I don't think messaging is ever consistent and cohesive in a way that it needs to be. And especially needs to be now that other leagues are starting to take it seriously. And if NWSL wants to continue to have relevance, it can't be a thing where occasionally you have a team playing in the outfield of a baseball like stadium that isn't big enough for regulations, which has happened previously. Bro, that's bro, not bro. Even a shot hey, at that's your a team. sensitive subject. I know. Do not. I know. <laughs> but I don't even mean it like that. Do you remember the one I'm talking about where they had to play on a field that was like 40 yards? That was wide? in it Boston. Was yeah, I think they played at Fenway. Yeah, uh, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Um, yeah, look, it, it's. It's not. A, it's just not a good look, and I think this highlights yeah, really the you know, and, and like most American soccer leagues, it, it, you know, it's not. And this is no knock on on anybody, but it is. It's just regular people trying to do their best and trying to figure all this out and trying to figure true, out this true, landscape. True. Whether it's MLS, whether it's USL, uh, or and any of the, the divisions in USL uh, or NWSL, they're all just trying to figure it out and and. Uh, you're gonna le- it leads to some uh, uh, just L's and just bad uh, just bad optics. Um, and when and the, the the thing I applaud the players on is that they they especially with everything that happened w- with you know Portland and North Carolina and the whole uh, uh, story with with Riley and all that stuff. I think players are I have had it with like holding back whether it's about something absolutely egregious and serious and when, when it's deals with assault and violence to to like can just get the fucking schedule right like you know it's just like the players yeah. you know we're in the infancy of no, I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah we're in the infancy of a, a a women's soccer league kind of thriving and it really feels like nwsl can be the last it can be the future it can be the future women's soccer league for for future generations so, you know, people have to fight for um, these basic standards. And, and look, uh, you know, the, the Challenge Cup is, I, I think, as, you know, with how exciting it was that first year, um, the, the, you know, the, the Houston Dash won it. And we saw Christy Mewis with all the, with all the beers. And, and it was a lot of fun. And I think it was very, very meaningful. But I, I, I think it's getting to a point where we're asking a bit too much of, of the players. Um, uh, oh, you know, for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah, my, my theory, my thought is, you know, they play a home and away Challenge Cup, right, in, in all the groups. I think just split it. Do, you know, uh, uh, one year, one team will have, uh, uh, if they play six games, or let's go to three or whatever, or four. And play maybe, what, two at home, two away, or do one home, three away, and then one, you know, whatever. Like, just make it. I just think it should be fewer games and it may not be as balanced a schedule as, as far as playing home and away, but less games, you still get a trophy. It's, it's less risk on the players that they could be more, um, 
um, more turnover with the roster so you can actually have a preseason mm-hmm. um, and actually see what players are good or what players are in form or, or whatever. It, it, it's almost too serious of a tournament, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I think I like the idea a couple people have pointed out of like making it the FA Cup or the US Open Cup and have it be a tournament that like goes over the whole season. That's not quite still the tournament format that you're talking about. But ultimately, Christian, a, a point that you made that I think is really, really, really accurate is just that like for, for NWSL, a league that had so many stories last season about abuse and neglect and players not tra- being treated right and if not cover-ups, then willful ignorance and a willingness to look the other way. Like, if you are trying to tell me, look, we have learned our lesson, we are going to change the way they operate, things will be better. We still can't get the schedule right, though. Like, that's not <laughs> that's not the way to create confidence. You're asking, and, and you're me, asking for too much. <laughs> I know, right? And, like, and, and I, I firmly, to be pretentious for a moment, like, I firmly believe in the life philosophy of like everyone is trying their best. Even if a person in that moment is being lazy or whatever, you don't know what they've been through. You don't know what their day has been like. It's safest to assume that everyone is trying really, really hard. And I think Christian, your point is, is well taken that like certainly the players are trying really hard the fans who care and support these teams are trying really, really hard. And it's not even to say that the front offices or the NWSL executives aren't trying really, really hard. But you can be trying really hard to make a car before the assembly line is a thing. Right. And then once the assembly line is a thing, if you're still like making each part by hand, like I'm working as hard as I can. The point is like, yeah, but you don't have to. You could do <laughs> this, which would be way better. Right. And it just feels like there isn't that willingness to adapt and look at what else is happening and kind of pull your head out of the sand and see, oh, times are changing we can't be so fly by night. It isn't just enough to be like, Hey, you're lucky enough that we have a tournament at all. You're lucky enough that we have a league at all. I I think it requires just a different way of thinking. And maybe that's already there. I'm not a hardcore NWSL fan who watches every single game. So I'm, I am definitely speaking from a position of ignorance, but that is my understanding of things as I've come to see it. And as I've, I've heard it talked about is just that there needs to be a shift in the way people think about women's soccer or else it's going to be, I shouldn't say England, but like what happened on the men's side with England, where it's like, you win the World Cup, we're the ones who created this game, and then right. it falls off a cliff. Right. And that is not what I want to see. So the, um, so the NWSL regular season will be starting <laughs> this weekend, uh, uh, April 29th. If uh, you say so. <laughs> it will. Uh, April 29th, Angel City is playing against North Carolina Courage. So uh, that's, yeah, that's, it'll be at 10 p.m. Eastern time on big CBS. I think it's one of the two or three um, games that will be on CBS. Uh, on uh, So uh, nationally televised game. The the ratings have been good for these games. So, you know, we're st- the Challenge Cup semifinal and final will be the following week, uh, Wednesday. And I think Saturday or Sunday would be the, the, the Challenge Cup final. So, look. Just more well so for, for all of us. Uh, so, but it'll be exciting. So, um, all right, Taylor, that is the end of the show. Thank you so much for, uh, for yeah, joining man. me, man. Let everybody uh, know again where they can uh, catch uh, Total Soccer Show. Sure. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, we are the Total Soccer Show. We also do another one uh, called Soccer 101 that is meant to be an evergreen look at basic questions we get asked uh, for a while, it was maybe more like soccer 303 or whatever it would be. Like, we got a little too into the weeds, and I think we're, we're moving back towards 
basic questions like what's the difference between a club manager and and an international manager but the goal as always is to answer that question for people who maybe don't know or are new to the sport but simultaneously make it still appeal to people who've watched for their whole lives or for years to talk about like well what are the differences can you have one who does both really well is there a divide who did it best who did it worst like i i think we always try to kind of find ways to make it applicable to a bunch of different people so that's soccer 101 total soccer show uh five days a week we have allocation disorder on fridays for now that might get spin off we'll see what happens mm-hmm. uh but we do weekend review on monday americans in action however that ends up looking a lot of detailed scouting reports on americans on tuesday usually there's a listener question episode in there at some point in the week and those are always super fun because we get random questions like how do you meg a dog and what counts as a nutmeg <laughs> with a dog or what counts as a nutmeg with nutmeg yeah. these are these are important questions uh all right taylor thank you so much for joining me man everybody in the in the chat uh thank you for uh welcoming taylor rockwell um uh, yeah. trish murphy said thanks guys love this combo okay that's it it's official uh, Alexis has been ousted. He has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, he's somewhere in Europe. We don't even know where he is, and that might be made up. Christian. Exactly. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. We don't need it. It's all an alibi for something else. Um, uh, don't look at the air bubbles in this crust. <laughs> Did I do it? Did I do it right? No, oh, that's too much sauce. Crimson like Pizza said, You can also find Taylor in your dreams. Which is oh, kind of nice. Is that good? Yeah, that's... is that like is that like a nice thing or is that yeah, like yeah? I, in your okay, in cool. your in your wet dreams, that's where I find them. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, y'all, the absolute best. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Uh, yes, ch- check out Total Soccer Show. Uh, we'll be back um, next. Uh, like I said, Alexis is away on vacation, celebrating his, his birthday uh, next yeah. week. So I'll have a uh, uh, co-host uh, next week as well. And uh, and join the Patreon, um, uh, patreon.com slash soccercooligans. Uh, we have uh, – there's a no-cap recap coming soon. And then the uh, the full interview that we did with Molly McCann, the UFC fighter, who's um, – I don't know if you saw that, that clip of her. She uh, elbowed some lady in the face and – completely <laughs> took her out but she's a huge everton fan uh so uh we the full interview that we did when we did the documentary back at, at goodison park uh that will be available uh this week so uh that's all that stuff is coming soon patreon.com slash soccer cooligans thank you for everybody who has uh if you're listening to this podcast thank you so much leave a review uh shout out to everybody who subscribed on on youtube because i think we've officially i'm gonna look at this right now but i think if I'm not mistaken, we should. We hit 4,000 subscribers on YouTube, everybody. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. We did it. Oh, no. The fire alarm. <laughs> <laughs> it's <been off. laughs> More food burning. Uh, yes. Thank you for uh, all the support here on YouTube. Uh, ever since uh, we, we've been here, we've been uh, getting a lot of love, a lot of support. Uh, so, yeah. Tell your friends. Like a video. Leave a comment. Do all the things you're supposed to do on YouTube, okay? Because like, subscribe. Uh, if you want us to dance on this damn channel, we'll do it, okay? We need uh, <laughs> uh, we need the support. Okay. Uh, Jess Howen says, sounds a, <laughs> sounds a little stalkery. That's for you. I don't know. I don't know what that's referring to, but it's all good. Uh, uh, yeah, just you, right, man. <laughs> Whatever you need us to do, I'll shine your shoes. Please. Juan Vargas uh, said, <laughs> donde esta el thick papi? Uh, which... En tus sueños. 
<laughs> so that's right. Okay. I love a bilingual king in Taylor Rockwell. <laughs> uh, all right, everybody. Thanks so much for, for tuning in. Seriously appreciate it. Shout out to Taylor Rockwell. Go listen to Total Soccer Show. Uh, y'all, they're absolute best. All right, everybody. Take care. Peace.